Boy, I'm, I'm not even going to take the steps. Look at this. Man, that was great. Ron, thank you, buddy. That's fantastic. Wasn't that good? Woo! Come on, church. This is not a funeral. It's a celebration. Come on. Let's be happy today. Wow, what a great God we serve. Amen? And the cool thing about it is he wants to talk to us. He wants to talk to you. Uh, August of 1977, great year, great summer. August 15th was a great day. I turned 16 years old. 16. August 15, 1977. I was ready to, to get my first car. In fact, several months before that, I got my first car. Of course, I'd already been driving for 10 years. Literally, I had. I, I started early driving. And, and a couple other things happened in, in uh, 1977 that were noteworthy, at least uh, in me getting a car. Uh, in May of that year, a couple of uh, blockbuster movies came out. Uh, the first, I think, was on like May 19th, 1977. Dave, what was the name of that little flick that came out? Star Wars. Anybody remember that, going to Star Wars? Well, there's a few people in this church that that movie changed their life, all right? I'll tell you that. A couple of days later, I think it was like May 22nd, 1977, another movie came out called, get this, Smokey and the Bandit. Anybody remember Smokey and the Bandit? Well, of course you do. You may think that the stars of that movie were people like Sally Fields and Burt Reynolds and, and Jerry Reed and Jackie Gleason. I say no. The star of that movie was a 1977 black Trans Am. Yeah. That was it, man. And like most of the teenage boys in America, I wanted a black TA. Right? That is what I wanted to drive. I wanted that for my 16th birthday. But here was the rule in the Harmon house. My dad laid this down when my sister and I were little kids. If you have a car, you're going to buy it. How mean of parents <laughs> to make their kids work and buy cars. So I started working when I was 12 years old. Literally, I had a paper route when I was 12 years old. Uh, that summer, I was working at Hester True Value Hardware. In fact, I worked there for a couple of years, went to school half a day, worked for half a day. Uh, and with that money I made from Hester True Value Hardware, which was $76.80 a week, <laughs> I had to buy a car, plus gas for my car. So, Ken, I was on a limited budget, but boy, I wanted a black Trans Am. And so I, I scanned the papers, looked in the ads. Dad and I found a, a black TA and went and looked at it. And I mean, it was, it was trash. I mean, the guy had dogged it out. Uh, funny thing, he gave us two prices, one with the wheels, one without the wheels. And, uh, of course, it had cool wheels on it. made it more expensive. But uh, it was too much for my poor budget. I couldn't buy it. So I, I settled for a 1974 uh, Laguna SS which was really not a bad ride for a 16-year-old kid. It had a cool seat. It was a swivel seat. I'd put it in park and, and swivel the seat around to get out. <laughs> Pretty cool. I stripped the uh, AMFM out and put an 8-track cassette player in it. Some big speakers, man. You know? Never did get a black TA. But, uh, yeah, I was waiting for somebody to say, oh. But I had the next best thing in that Laguna. I had... A CB radio. I mean, because that's what the bandit was all about, wasn't it? He, he drove the black TA, had the CB radio. How many of y'all remember CB radios in the 70s? Right? Well, a few of you. How many of y'all had one in your car? All right. Cool. All right. 
Truckers used them to communicate with each other, and uh, think about it, they had their own lingo. You know, like, stand for good buddy. Yeah, CB talk right there. Put the metal to the pedal. Yeah, go fast. Or catch, catch it. Pet pedal to the metal. Whatever. I hate y'all. I really. Stinking people. You didn't have a CB radio like that. Here's a here, catch you on the flip flop. Remember that one? Flip. Shut up. Wait, listen. Damn it. I, you know, let me, I'm going to rant and rave for a little bit. The 9 o'clock people do, do not treat me this way. Oh, okay. Y'all have taken the thunder plumb out of this message, and I'm still in the introduction. Here, here is another one that I'm getting to, all right? Make sure I get this one right. Breaker, breaker, one, nine, get your ears on. That meant, are you tuned in? You got your radio on. Well, anyway, that phrase wasn't original with CB Talk Radio. In fact, Jesus coined that phrase 2,000 years before in John chapter 8, verse 8, when he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. What's he talking about? Well, he's saying is, you need to be tuned in to me. Hmm? And so for the next four weeks... Uh, maybe, <laughs> not after this thing started, I'm planning on doing a series on what I'm calling Tune In. And today I want you to understand that God wants to talk to you. That's the thing. God wants to talk to you. You can go out and buy the finest radio that money can buy, but if you don't tune it in, you're not going to hear anything. No matter how good the radio is, it must be tuned in. And the point is this, God has already given you the capacity to hear Him. The Bible says that we have been made in His image. That, that's what makes human beings different from animals. Uh, you're not like an animal. Animals don't pray. Animals can't communicate with God. Animals can't hear from God. But because you have been made in His image, you can pray. You can communicate with God. You can hear from the Creator of the universe. All the equipment that you need to communicate with God, you have already been given. You just need to tune in to God. All right? Jesus told a story about how we tune in to God. It's found in Luke chapter 8. It's called the parable of the sower. Uh, it's found in two different sections of Scripture here. I preached from this passage before, but today we're going to look at it from a different perspective and from a different angle. Here's the story he told, Luke chapter 8, verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and he sowed, and some of the seed fell by the wayside. And it was trampled down, and then the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground. It sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would open up our minds and our hearts for your word today. Help us to hear and understand 
and our lives be changed. In Jesus' name, amen. The parable of the sower. What exactly is Jesus talking about? Jesus says this farmer goes out and he's sowing seed. He's not planting the seed, one seed at a time. He's actually broadcasting it. He probably had some kind of bag with a bunch of seed in it. And as he walked along in his field, he would toss the seed or broadcast the seed. Now this seed would fall on different types of soil. And depending upon the type of soil it falls on, there is going to be a different response. Fortunately for Jesus' disciples and for us, in this same chapter, Jesus explains the meaning of his story or his parable. He says this, that seed that the farmer is broadcasting actually represents the word of God. And for us this morning, what it means is this, it is God speaking to us. The seed is God's voice through his word speaking to you and I. The soil represents four different attitudes that you can have when it comes to hearing God. Four different responses. Four different heart or mind responses. And we're going to look at that today because before we can hear God, we've got to prepare our heart. And we must prepare our minds in order to hear what he has to say to us. Now, I'm, I'm not going to do as much preaching today as I am teaching. And sometimes when I teach, you fall asleep. So, promise you won't do that. Alright? Because if you do, I'm going to come down there and shake you and wake you up in front of everybody. Alright? So, so pay attention. Alright? I'm going to make this as simple as we can. In order to hear God speak to us, the very first thing we must do is cultivate... An open mind. We've got to open our minds and our hearts to the voice of God. It means that you've got to be receptive. You've got to be willing. You've got to be open and ready to hear God. I really believe the number one barrier to hearing God speak is resistance. Our resistance. People say, well, I, I don't think I need to hear God speak. Or, I, I don't believe God can speak. In fact, you would be amazed at the number of people who are closed to the possibility that God might be trying to speak to them. And if you don't think God will speak to you or can speak to you, guess what? He's not going to. Because you've got to cultivate an open heart and an open mind. It really is amazing to me how many people in this world think they are open-minded, but they're really not. Especially when it comes to the things of God or God himself. They're very closed-minded. They're not even open to the possibility that God could speak to them. In fact, if you want to know the truth about it, they have been brainwashed by our society in thinking there is no God or God can't speak or God won't speak. Let me tell you, God wants to speak to you. God is trying to com communicate with you today. But you've got to cultivate that open mind. It's what Jesus talked about in this first kind of soil. It's found in verse 5. We call it the wayside soil. In some of your translations, it may be called the, the path foot soil. It says this in verse 5. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. And it was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. 
So here's a guy out on his farm. He's, he's, he's planting his seed, broadcasting his seed. All around that, that garden or that farm where the vegetables are planted is a pathway. And in fact, if, if you have a garden, you know that between the rows of the vegetables you're growing, there's also a pathway. That's where you walk. You walk down so you don't walk on the vegetables. That pathway becomes trampled down. And the soil that is there becomes very hard. And if by accident some of that seed that the farmer is broadcasting falls on that hard compacted soil of the wayside, there is no way it can penetrate the earth and begin to sprout. It's not going to take root. It just lays there like it's laying on concrete until a bird spots it and swoops down and snatches it up. Now, Jesus gives us the meaning of this down in verse 12. Look at that verse. He says, those by the wayside are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their heart, lest they should believe and be saved. And so it's the devil who's the bird that snatches that seed before it can penetrate that hard heart. Now, there are two characteristics of this wayside soil. Number one, it's hardened. And number two, it's very narrow. Now, do you know anybody who has a mind like that? Hard and narrow. I know a lot of people who have a closed mind and a hard heart and a narrow view of life. They are very closed to even the possibility of God in their life. They say, I don't need God. I don't want God. If that is their attitude, guess what? The seed of the Word of God is never going to penetrate their heart. The point is, sometimes we don't even give God a chance. Our minds are already made up and our hearts are already hard. And you know people like that, don't you? Don't you? Wake up. You're probably thinking, preach it, man. Preach to those sinners. Let them have it. I'm preaching to you. I know who I'm talking to because sometimes, even as believers, we come into God's house and our hearts are hardened and our soul is calloused and we've already made up our mind before we walk in this door. I'm not going to listen. Maybe it's because you have an issue with me. You're mad at me. I'm just the messenger boy, all right? All right? Maybe it's because of the fight you had with your spouse or your kids before you came to church and on the way here, your heart has gotten cold and hard. Speak to me. I'm not listening to anything. You're bowing up. Dude, I'm telling you, you need to open your heart. This first type of soil represents a closed mind. You know what the tragedy of a closed mind and a hard heart is? It stays barren. Nothing can grow there. Even if a little seed does happen to fall on a closed mind or a hardened heart, it will never sprout. Jesus said it. Jesus said a bird's going to come down and, and swoop down and snatch it up. He says this kind of life is for the birds. It's useless. It's worthless. The devil is watching right now. And if you close your heart to the word of God, he's going to snatch that seed. And so it can't take root in your heart. So the first step is to open your mind to God. If, you, if you've got a closed mind and you're not listening, you're never going to hear from God. Hmm? 
Number two, if you want to hear God speak, you need to allocate time to listen to God. Cultivate an open mind, allocate time to listen. This means you got to slow down. you got to make time to be quiet. You've got to put it in your schedule so that you will have time to hear God. The first barrier to hearing God is resistance. The second barrier to hearing God speak is hurry. How many of you are familiar with that word? Hurry. When we live hurried lives, God usually is shuffled to the sideline. God gets shortchanged. We're always in a hurry and we say stuff like this, God, I really would like to have a conversation with you and I really know I need to listen to what you have to say to me, but I'm in a hurry, God, and so I've got three minutes. And if you can give it to me in three minutes, that's great. And God is in heaven saying, you know what, I think I'll pass on this one. Because God wants more than your leftovers. Woo, man. God wants to be the center of your life. And the way that you prove that God is the center of your life is that you allocate time to listen to Him. You give Him time. Here's the second kind of soil that Jesus talks about. Verse 6, some fell on rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it had lack of moisture. Now over in ancient Israel, much of the country is a thin layer of topsoil over a bedrock of limestone. So if you plant something in this rocky soil, the seed will sprout. But it can't get any deep roots because there is limestone there. So it eventually withers and dies. It doesn't last long. Now with that in mind, look at verse 13 when he explains this. He says, but the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, they fall away. So Jesus is saying this is the second kind of soil. It is a shallow soil that represents a superficial mind. Sometimes we react superficially to God's word, don't we? Sometimes we get real excited and react emotionally or we react, we react impulsively. But we don't allow the word of God to sink into the bedrock of our personality. So there's no real change. It's just kind of like this emotional reaction that we have. And no real change takes place because the word of God never sinks down inside of our soul to change our personality. Some people come to church and hear the music. And let me tell you, we got good music, don't we? I mean, both services, that, that first service, they're knocking it out of the park. This service, man, Grand Slam every Sunday. Some people come here and they hear the music and they might be moved by the message and they have this emotional experience and they say, man, this is for me. And they're all excited. And then we don't see them for a month of Sundays. There's no change in their life. They're still going down the same old path. There's no difference. They were thrilled, but they weren't transformed. Mm. They were emotionally moved, but they didn't do anything about it. They are superficial people. They don't have any depth because they won't let the Word of God penetrate down into the bedrock of who they are as a person. Notice the verse says they receive the word with joy. 
Again, I, I know I need to get off of this, but I can't. They're saying, wow, man, that was a great service. But then they walk out the door and they totally forget what they've just experienced. They get on 540 and somebody cuts them off and man, I mean, it just... <laughs> or they get over here in this harvest time traffic and can't get out on Highway 71. and Man, they, they <laughs> that's too personal, isn't it? Yeah. You don't appreciate illustrations like that. The, the problem is they've forgotten what they've just heard. They've never allowed the word of God to penetrate into their life and to change them. They, they forget what they hear. The United States Air Force did a study not long ago and discovered that we forget 95% of what we hear within 72 hours. Now, as a pastor, that is a very depressing statistic. I work all week to give you these pearls of wisdom to pass on to change your life. And I know that by Wednesday you've forgotten everything. You've forgotten everything that we've talked about. Well, the reason for that, it says, is they have no root. They believe for a while and then in the time of temptation they fall away. These are not deep people. They're shallow. They're superficial they believe for a while. They're fair-weathered believers. They believe for a while, but then the hot winds of trouble come. And temptation starts. And trials begin. And they start withering. When problems come and the heat's on, they dry up and blow away. But really, how do you grow beyond that? How do you become more than that? How do you stop being a superficial person? How do you gain spiritual depth to your life? How do you develop spiritual roots? Two very practical ways. Don't you like the way I count? <laughs> Two, y'all don't get, wake up people. Two very practical ways. Every one of you can do these two things to grow spiritually. I talk about them all the time and some of you are thinking, when is he going to stop talking about these two things? I'll tell you when I'll stop. I'll stop talking about them when we all start doing them. All right? Because they're so essential. Here are the two ways you stop being a superficial person and become a spiritually deep person. Ready? Number one, you schedule a daily quiet time with God. And then you make sure it happens every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It becomes your lifeline. This becomes more important to you than anything else. Because you come to the realization, this is when I hear from God. I take the Bible and I read it. Literally, God is speaking to me directly from His Word. The Holy Spirit who lives inside of me, helps me to understand and apply the Word of God. And then I pray to Him. I talk to Him. I have a conversation with Him. And that time, whether it's 10 minutes a day or an hour a day, is the most important time in my life. And I treasure it. And I protect it. And I make sure it happens. There's... We just went on vacation, had a great time, went, uh, went to the ocean. My, my family loves the ocean. They love getting out in the sand and in the ocean. I can talk, Wes, I can tolerate it for a little while. But that sand, man, you know, it's sandy. It gets everywhere, you know. But hey, even on vacation, first thing I do every morning is read my Bible and pray. Why? Because i got to have it. I've got to have it. If I'm going to function... 
And I tell you, it's a hard thing for me to function, all right? It's getting harder all the time. But if I'm going to function, I've got to have time with God. And you do too. You are never going to develop the spiritual characteristics and the holy attitude God wants you to have if you never talk to Him and you never pray and if you never read your Bible. you got to do it, all right? No if, answer, Freddie, you got to do it. Daily quiet time. Second way you grow, very practical way you grow and get some spiritual depth to your life is that you get involved in Bible study groups. Okay? It's one thing to come on Sunday mornings to church and even Wednesday night. That's great. It's a big group. We're all here. We sing. You, you listen to me preach. That's important. But it's also important you get plugged into a smaller group that is studying the Word of God. So that you can ask questions and have those questions answered. So that you can be around other people and share your burdens and your prayer requests. And have other people come alongside of you and pray with you and help you grow. you got to be involved in Bible study. okay? And we do that on Sunday nights here. So join a Bible study group. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says... Don't give up the habit of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. Notice it's a habit. It's a great habit to have. Spend time with God every single day. Join a Bible study group and get plugged in on a weekly basis. Now, let me make this real practical to you. A lot of you here today are having all kinds of problems in your life. Financial problems, job-related problems, relational problems, family. You name it, you're having issues. You're having problems. Kids are about to start school again. There's a whole other issue of problems. God can help you with those problems. God wants to speak to you about the problems you have in your life. But you've got to open up to Him and listen to Him. And have other people help you listen to Him. We do that in Bible study. So come and get involved. Allocate time to listen to God. Then number three, you need to eliminate the distractions. You can't hear God when your mind is so crowded with other thoughts, worries, and anxieties. You can't hear God when your mind is so filled with your stuff. Your dreams, your plans, your ambitions, your activities. You can't hear God when you're constantly watching the television or listening to the radio or on the internet or on your cell phone. When all of this other noise is going on, and I know many of you are multi-talented and tasked. You can do all kinds of things at once, but this is one thing you can't do while doing other things, and that is listen to God. This is the third kind of soil. Jesus calls it the soil with weeds. Verse 7. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. Now, notice in this soil, the seed does get to sprout. And it's actually starting to grow. But after a while, it gets choked out by all the weeds that are growing around it so that it never bears any fruit. Verse 14, he tells us the meaning of this. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and the pleasures of life, and they bear no fruit to maturity. Now going back and reviewing, the, the, the first barrier to hearing God is resistance. The second barrier to hearing God is just being in a hurry. And this third barrier is busyness. You can get so distracted and so busy that you don't have time to listen to God. 
A lot of people confuse activity with productivity. There's a big difference between the two. They're not the same. You can always be on the go, but if you're just going in circles, you're not accomplishing anything, are you? You're not making any real progress, and there's no fruit in your life. The Bible says these people are choked. Jesus says the distractions are like weeds that grow up in your life and they choke out the ability to hear God speak. In fact, he mentions some of these weeds in verse 14. Cares, riches, and the pleasures of life. Now, let me ask you a very profound question. How much effort does it take to grow weeds? Really, answer me. How much effort does it take to grow weeds? Zero effort. Weeds are a sign of neglect. It takes no effort at all. I think I could be a professional weed grower. How about you? You you don't have to do anything and they grow. Compare that to roses. Roses, you got to cultivate those things, water them, put fertilizer on them, prune them, pamper them, and then they just barely grow. Hmm? A weed, you ignore it and you can watch it grow. Weeds are a sign of neglect. Now, here's the point. Don't miss the point. Whenever you neglect time with God, whenever you neglect your daily quiet time, whenever you neglect weekly Bible study and say, you know what, I'm too busy Sunday night, I can't make it to God's house and be in that small group, guess what? When you neglect those important things, weeds are going to start growing in your life. Woo, man. Somebody high-five me for that. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. Weeds are going to start. It might not be these three weeds, but you know what? There are going to be some weeds that grow in your life. So this soil with weeds represents a preoccupied mind, a busy mind. You're just too, there's too much other stuff going on in your life. You're too busy. And you forget about God. Now, back when I was a kid, we grew up with uh, rotary dial telephones. Y'all, anybody remember rotary dial telephones? Man, they, they, were, they were awesome. Uh, we had uh, a rotary dial phone in our kitchen, and uh, uh, my dad worked for the phone company, so he, he made this special long cord that my mom could actually talk on the phone and walk through the entire house with this long cord, and she would be sharing prayer requests with other church ladies. Do you remember that, Mama? It, it was a great, it was a, man, it was a great, it was a great phone. But here's, a, I can remember getting on that old rotary dial phone and I'd call my grandparents or I, I would call a friend and if they were on their phone, guess what I would get? Busy signal. You remember those? Do you remember? Somebody make the busy signal noise for me. Isn't that aggravating? Wasn't it aggravating? You get a... Or now you get call waiting, you know, you get put, man, I hate that, don't you? You know what, sometimes God is trying to get a hold of us, and all he gets is a busy signal, because we're too busy. In the Old Testament, there was a guy named Elijah, and he wanted to hear God speak, so God took him on this mountain, and, and Elijah said, God, speak to me. So God put on this incredible show. First, God sent this huge wind that came roaring down the canyon. But God wasn't in the wind. Next came this massive earthquake that shook every rock on that mountain. 
but God wasn't in the earthquake. Then there was this fire that came blazing down the mountain, the forest fire, but God wasn't in the fire. Finally, number four, God spoke to Elijah in a whisper. God spoke to his man in a still, small voice. Do you know what the problem is with a whisper? You've got to be quiet to hear it. Now, I want to tell you something that may blow your mind and shock you, but it's the truth. God has been trying to speak to you all week long. The problem with most of us, we haven't been quiet enough to hear Him. There's too much noise in our life. He's too busy. He's been whispering. We couldn't hear. Why? Because you don't like to be quiet. We, we don't like quiet, do we? Let me tell you, if it got real silent in here for five minutes, no noise, no talking, total silence for five minutes, it would freak most of you out. <laughs> wouldn't it? Come on, wouldn't it? Because we're not used to silence. In fact, the only time you're silent is when you're sleeping. And most of you aren't even silent then because you're snoring. Yeah. We can't stand silence. But you know what? God says, if you want to hear me, you're just going to have to, you're going to have to, whoa, slow down, be quiet. Because I'm going to whisper. God doesn't shout. He doesn't write it in the sky. He doesn't say, I'm God. Listen. So you need to go cutting some weeds down in your life and in the soil of your heart to get rid of some busyness so that you can hear God. Number four, you need to cooperate with what he says. I'm about done, so don't turn me off, all right? Number one, I cultivate an open mind. Number two, I allocate time to listen to God. Number three, I eliminate the distractions. And then number four, I cooperate with whatever he says to do. This is the good ground that he describes in verse 8. Church, this is very, very important. Listen to me. God speaks to the person who in advance decides they are going to do whatever God asks them to do. That's the kind of person God speaks to. Somebody who says, yes, God, okay, before you even tell me what, what you want me to do, I'm telling you, Lord, my answer is yes. I'm willing to do it. Lord, before you even talk to me, I'm telling you, okay, I know you love me. I know that you're smarter than I am. I know that you have something better for me. I know you know what's best for me. And Lord, I trust you completely. So, whatever it is you're going to tell me, I want you to know, I'm all go. I'm on your team. I'll do it. God doesn't speak to the person who says, God, you tell me what you want to say and I'll decide if it's a good deal or a bad deal. God doesn't speak to the person who says, God, you tell me what you want, then I'll compare it with other sources and then I'll decide. No, God's not going to waste his time on that. God speaks to the person who says in advance, Lord, 
I am willing to cooperate with whatever you want me to do. Yes, Lord, I am signing a blank check. You fill it out. My life is at your disposal. Guys, let me tell you, if you do that, wow, you're going to have a deep relationship with God. And you will be amazed at the conversations that you're going to have with the creator of this universe. It's what the Bible calls the good ground. Look at verse 15 as we close. But the ones that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Notice there the marks of good ground. They hear it, they retain it, they obey it, and they persist in doing it until they bear fruit. You know what the, you know what the good ground is? You know what this good soil is? It's a willing heart. I mean, that's what I'm talking about today, guys. If you want to hear God, if you want to have a real relationship with the Lord, you just need to have a willing heart. Lord, I'm going to open up my mind and my heart to whatever it is you have to say to me. I'm going to give you my best time every day. When I'm at my best, Lord, that's what you get. Lord, I'm going to remove the distractions that the devil brings into my life. I, Lord, I'm going to start saying no to some things so that I can say yes to you. And Lord, whatever it is you want from my life, the answer is yes. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would do that today. As your Holy Spirit speaks to every heart that is here in this room right now, help us to say yes to you. Lord, there are some who need to come and say yes to salvation. They've never been saved. Today you're speaking to their heart and they need to come and be saved. Lord, for the believer who is here today who's away from you,